Live from cities and towns throughout the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's On the Road series. May the narrative be with you. I have recently become a grandparent, right? And I know I'm like way too young for that, right? How, How did that happen? But you know, I had no idea how compelling it would be to spend time with that that grandchild. She was six months old yesterday. And uh, hanging around with her is really making me think about my grandparents and one grandparent in particular, my Nana, my mother's mother. I'm 10 years old and I'm wearing a tie. And this is very unusual. This maybe is the first time I ever wore a tie, at least the first time that I remember. We're having a very, very important family dinner. In fact, it's Passover. It's the Jewish holiday of Passover. And and we're having a big dinner, and it's all very formal. We're in the dining room where we never, never ate. My mom had pulled out the big table, and, and there's family and friends there and my mom really wants everything to be perfect and she has you know helped me put on my tie and she's made it very 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 clear that I am to be on my best behavior and to make her proud and I'm trying very hard to do that I was a good boy I wanted to please I wanted to deliver but as I am sitting down at the table and pulling my chair up behind me my tie goes right into my bowl of chicken soup and matzo balls. And I am mortified. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Now, my mom doesn't see that. The grown-ups are not paying much attention to me. They're talking to each other. So very quickly, I get up and I run back into the kitchen where my nana is standing at the stove wearing her house coat and over her nice clothes and, and ladling out the chicken soup and you know ferrying them into the dining room. And I said, nana, nana. I got my tie in the soup, mom's gonna kill me. Mom's gonna kill me. And that really caught her attention. And she stopped what she was doing and she looked at me and she she got down on, on her one knee on the floor so she was just really eye to eye with me. And she said, your mom's gonna kill you? Why, why would you say that? Why would you even think that? Your mother loves you. And I knew that. Right? I knew my mother loved me. I knew she wasn't going to kill me because I got my tie in the soup. But somehow hearing my Nana say that really meant a lot to me and really helped me feel like everything was going to be okay. But Nana stopped what she was doing and she took me upstairs and she found another tie. And we took off the one that had the chicken soup all over it. And it, it was ruined. It, this was not, you know, like going to the dry cleaners. And it was, and I don't know what happened to that tie, but I kind of think that Nana very discreetly, like, you know, put it in the garbage. And I came back down with a brand new tie on. Nobody seemed to notice that it was a different tie. And that was sort of the end of that incident. And I know that my Nana never said a word about it to my mother. We go ahead five years. I'm 15 years old and I'm already a junior in high school and I met a girl. And the way it happened was this. 
there was a concert at my high school, and I went to the concert with a couple of friends. Now, in high school, I didn't hang around with my, the, the kids I went to school with because I was a couple of years younger than them and I was sort of an outcast in high school. I hung around with the kids that I went to summer camp with, right? They were my tribe, they were my, my peeps. So my, my great friend Diane lived just like five miles away from me. She was a summer camp friend and, and that was, you know, bicycle riding distance. So we hung out and spent a lot of time together. And, and Diane's best friend was also a summer camp friend, a girl named Donna who lived in Brooklyn, like, you know, 30 miles away in the city. And Donna came to the concert too, and she brought a friend of hers from Brooklyn, a girl named Helene, who was not a summer camp friend. This was someone I had never met before. And we went to this concert at the high school gym, and it was Livingston Taylor, James Taylor's little brother. Anybody remember him? <laughs> <coughs> not, he had one song, one hit, something about Carolina, North Carolina, I don't know. Lewis and Taylor, it was a great concert, we all had a great time, and after the concert, we all went back to Diane's house, and we had a sleepover in the basement. And this was a co-ed sleepover, obviously, because there was me, and Diane, and Donna, and Helene. <laughs> <clears throat> that kind of co-ed, right, right. And we're all in our sleeping bags, and we're sleeping on the floor down there in the den, and in the middle of the night, I wake up to realize that someone is unzipping my sleeping bag. And it's Helene, this girl that I've just met that, that night, and she kind of halfway climbs into my sleeping bag with me, and things happen. <coughs> Lots of things happen. Uh, we didn't go all the way, but, you know, like three quarters of the way, it was, it was amazing. And this was like way, 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 way more action than I had ever had before in my entire life. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. I like this. <clears throat> well, a few days later, I get a letter in the mail from this girl, Helene. And I had told her, you know, after our little rendezvous that that was really pretty much my first time doing anything. And she writes me a letter, and I kid you not, the letter says, you are almost a pro, one more time with me and you will be a pro. <laughs> Is that like an invitation? Is that an enticement, right? So I'm like, I have got to go and see this girl, right? Because now things are really going to happen. I, I, have, I have got... So it turns out that this girl, Helene, lives in Brooklyn, like a block and a half away from where my Nana lives, in Flatbush on Avenue M. So I call up my Nana and I say, Nana, can I come and visit you and stay over? And she says, of course, darling, that would be wonderful. So I take the train into the city and, and into Brooklyn and, and I go to Nana's house and, and she has dinner and we have a lovely dinner together. And after dinner, I say, gee, Nana, I have a friend who lives just like a block and a half away from here. And I, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna go over and visit her a little bit. And 
I don't know if Nana sort of expected that we would spend the evening together. I don't know if she felt disappointed about that, but she said, of course, of course, go. And she, she actually gave me a key so I could let myself back in later, and off I go to visit Helene. And when I get to Helene's house, a big surprise is in store for me because I learn for the very first time that Helene has an identical twin sister named Fran. <laughs> and this is very interesting because the two of them are just goofing on me all night long and pretending each to be the other. And we're hanging out like in their bedroom and one of them is like, you know, getting all cozy with me and then she says, do you know who I am? And I'm like, well, of course, you're Helene. And she says, no, I'm Fran. And, and they keep doing this, and each one pretending to be the other. And, and finally, it becomes apparent that, you know, here I am. I think I'm all in love with this girl, Helene. And I don't even know her. I can't even tell her apart from her sister. I don't, I don't know her from a hole in the wall. And ultimately, it's very disappointing to me. It's really kind of heartbreaking. And um, I realize that, you know, big things are not going to happen between me and Helene. And in fact, it's kind of over. And I feel like she just invited me there to goof on me and make fun of me and sort of humiliate me. And I take my leave and I go back to Nana's and apartment and I, I let myself in with the key. But of course, Nana is awake. She has waited up for me and she's in the TV room playing solitaire. And uh, here I come home and, and there she is waiting up for me and I feel like, gee, you know, I would have had so much more fun if I had just stayed home and played cards with Nana and watched reruns of Perry Mason with her. But instead, I went over to this girl's house and now I smell like cigarettes and I'm heartbroken. And, and I felt this, this guilt. I felt like, gee, I had, I had taken advantage of my Nana. I had kind of used her to try to get laid. And, <laughs> And none of it worked out, and I just felt so awful, and I felt like I had been a bad grandson, and, and I just felt really bad about it, and I still do to this very day. I don't know what my Nana really thought about my behavior all those long years ago, but I do know that she never told my mother about that either. <laughs> <laughs> 